Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hi, it's Zoe here. This week we're talking about children's surnames, why everyone's talking about the rising cost of living, a new selfie drone, and a new discovery about Saturn's moon. Hi, it's Rose here. I have an interesting story this week about children's names, which is something I hadn't really thought of before. I read a news story which said that a court in Italy has ruled that Italian children should be given the surnames of both parents, overturning a historic tradition which used to see all newborns automatically named after their fathers. The court said in a statement that the practice was discriminatory and harmful to the identity of the child. They said children should be given both parents' surnames in the order they decide, unless they agree their children should just take one of them. Now, I have never really thought about this before, but I have two surnames, one for my mum and one for my dad. I asked my parents why they'd done this, and they said it's because they wanted me and my brother to share the two names equally. So like the court in Italy, they also did not think that children should automatically take their father's name alone. I do agree with this, as given both parents look after children and often mothers do way more than fathers in times of childcare and housework. It doesn't seem right that children should have to take their father's surname automatically, so I'm glad Italy is changing its rules. Here in the UK, parents can give their child whatever name or surname they want. Although it's still traditional here to give a child their father's surname, it is absolutely fine to make a child's surname a combination of both or even something completely different. My only complaint about my name is it's really long, as I have two middle names as well, but I don't really mind. I like my name, and I like the fact it connects to both my mum and my dad. Hello, this is Isa. In recent weeks, there have been a lot of news stories about the rising cost of living. The word inflation is in a lot of headlines these days. Inflation refers to the rise in the cost of goods and services over a period of time. This week, it was reported that the consumer prices in Turkey were nearly 70% higher than in April a year ago. In the UK, the Bank of England has taken steps to try and control rising prices, which are expected to hit a 40-year high. Lots of countries across the world are dealing with a cost-of-living crisis. So, why is this all happening right now? Well, inflation can occur when there is a high demand for particular goods and services, and that can result in higher prices being charged. For example, if there is less stock of a particular good in the country and lots of demand for it, it pushes the prices up. Sometimes, there is a cost push inflation. This happens when the cost of producing goods and or services goes up and the increased cost of production is then passed on to a customer. As a result of the pandemic, transport costs for many goods and services have increased and in a lot of cases, these increased costs have been passed on to customers. The war in Ukraine has also had a huge impact Russia is one of the world's top oil and gas producers and its invasion of Ukraine has also driven up global energy prices as people are worried about supply. Increased demand for fossil fuels like oil and gas 
Along with the shortage of supply, have increased energy prices in many countries. Energy prices have an impact on lots of things, from heating homes to transporting goods. Russia and Ukraine are also major producers of metals, fertilizers, and foodstuffs, and these prices have also rocketed. So, what are governments doing to slow down inflation? Well, many countries like the U.S., the U.K., the U.A.E. India and Australia have responded by raising interest rates to encourage people and companies to borrow and spend less, and therefore reduce demand for goods and services, and therefore reduce the prices charged. I know lots of people are struggling at the moment. I read this week about a 77-year-old lady in the UK who found that the cheapest way to keep warm was to switch off the heating, leave home. And ride buses all day using her pensioner's freedom bus pass. This is really sad to hear, and I do hope that the situation improves. Hi, it's Lovie here. I like my story this week. Did you know Snapchat have released a new flying camera? I thought it was an April Fool's joke when I heard about it. It's like a mini drone, but you can use to take selfies without needing a selfie stick. The little yellow drone is called Pixie and is described by the company as a free-flying sidekick. It operates on its own, taking video as it flies, which is then wirelessly transferred and saved in the app. At the end of the flight, the Pixie lands in the palm of your hand. Snapchat has 300 million daily active users around the world, according to the company. It also claims to reach more than 75% of those aged 13 to 34 in more than 20 countries. Although Snapchat does not receive the same level of attention as other social media networks, such as Facebook or Twitter, it remains really popular. The gadget is available in France and the US where the laws are more lenient than the laws in the UK around the use of drones. In the UK, there are very strict rules which say where you can and can't fly a drone. This is called the drone code. For example, says that it's not allowed to fly a drone more than 120 metres above the Earth's surface, or that you can't fly a drone within 50 metres of other people. In spite of the strict rules, there are high hopes for Pixie. As drones are increasingly embraced by the general public, the managing director of Nationwide Drones in the UK, Urban Jenkins, told the BBC, drone use is already mainstream across media, cinema, photography, surveying and inspection. It can only be expected that personal drones will become commonplace in society. If it's small, light and slow, it's very unlikely to cause damage or injury. I can't see why they won't be the next smartphone boom. Well, I think it sounds crazy but fun too. Hello, this is Zara. This week we have a really interesting space story for you. Scientists from the US space agency NASA, alongside experts from the University of Stanford in California, have been studying Saturn's largest moon, which is called Titan, and have been looking at how its landscape formed. This week, they announced that Titan is very similar to Earth when it comes to landscape formations. When looked at from space, the moon has many similarities to Earth, like rivers, lakes, and seas, filled with falling rain, although on Titan, the rain is liquid methane falling through nitrogen winds. These materials produce sand dunes that are very different to the structures found elsewhere in the solar system. 
Using information from a previous NASA mission to Saturn, the team have been working on a project to understand how seasonal changes could have shaped a very Earth-like structure of mountains, ice and sand dunes, rather than just a windy, dusty desert. Titan is seen by many scientists as a prime candidate for future human colonisation. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.